This week on That's How I Roll, we're going to review Master of Wills from Starling Games. Also, it's a zero episode, so we're going to take a little trip back in time as we look at the history of the show so you, the new listener, can understand what's happening. Plus, we've got some drama in the word on the street. All that and more coming up now. Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. It's party time. All right, hey, everybody. Welcome to That's How I Roll. It's episode 110. That means it's a zero episode. So very soon we're going to take a look back at what's been going on with the show. Things have been going on. Things have been happening. It's been awesome. It's been great. It's been exciting. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it. But we're also going to take a look at Master of Wills, which is, I don't know, people say it's a deck building game. People say it's not. We'll talk about that. Also... Word on the street is there's some been some drama in my life. Imagine that drama, things going wonky and haywire. So, hey, thanks again for tuning in. I am Jeremiah. I'm the host of this lovely little show that comes at you every week. It's available on many platforms, but if you are listening on the Anchor platform, there's some really cool things about that, including as things get a little more secure and kind of I guess, settled in once we get, you know, our junk drawer set up and we get our couch in the right place. We feel kind of at home on Anchor. We'll be doing some cool things like uh, exclusive content there. We'll be doing the feedback loop on there where you can only hear it if you are listening on Anchor. So go check that out if you can. Um, and let me see, what else do I need to say? Oh my gosh, <laughs> the contest, the contest is still happening. So we've got this contest going on and in it, you can win every deluxe version of every, uh, tiny Epic game that currently exists from our good friends at gambling games. Big, big shout out to them. We really, really appreciate the, the belief in us, they believe in us. It's really true that we, uh, we are something worth investing in as a media outlet, uh, as theology of games, as a greater whole, uh, really, really appreciate that. And you can get in on that contest. There's still a couple weeks left by going to theologyofgames.com and you will find a little link there. It's like a landing page that comes up. You can either click and just go to the site and enjoy all the goodness that is TOG, greater TOG, shall I say. <laughs> and Or you can click the button that says enter the contest, at which point you will be able to get this, enter the contest. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, lots of ways you can enter, including uh, subscribing to the podcast, giving us ratings. I think that's an option. Signing up for our email list. Our email list, we we don't talk about enough. If you just email us anytime we publish an episode 
or uh, a blog post, a review, something going on on the site, we just shoot you a quick email. You can delete it if you don't want to read it, but you can also click through and find more information about what we just told you. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So there's that. Don't forget the contest. Don't forget the contest. Also, um, let me see. I think that's all the housekeeping I need to do before we get into a little segment that uh, we like to call the word on the street. All right. So the word on the street, (laughs) the word on the street is pretty interesting this week. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about something gaming and I want to talk about my professional life for just a moment. So gaming wise, we just started a conversation over on board games daily Uh, Actually, the episode went up this morning as of the time I'm recording this, so probably yesterday for you. But check out episode 249. We talk about Gloomhaven. Now, Gloomhaven, if you haven't been living under, or I guess if you have been living under a gaming rock, Gloomhaven came on the scene a couple years ago, went nuts on Kickstarter, like millions of dollars raised, it's this very extensive, very deep, like huge hundred plus dollar game. It's a legacy game, which means things change forever as you play it every time. And we played it uh, this just this last Monday, which is the first time that I've played it because I just, uh, you know my life. Okay, so... Uh, my buddy AJ, who's one of the hosts on Board Games Daily and the Theology of Games co- podcast, he got a hold of a copy. Had, we had a game night. We played it, and basically, here's my here's my thoughts wrapped up in in a thing in a couple of sentences. I feel like <clears throat> I like the game. First of all, I should just say I like the game. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I can't wait to play more and develop my character and level up and do all the things that you do in a game like this. But my contention, I guess, is is this just trying to be a role-playing game without being a role-playing game? Like, you have a character sheet, you name your character, you name your party, you go through all these things that are very much like playing a role-playing game. And I kind of feel like, wouldn't you just play d and to do this kind of thing. Now, there's a whole card mechanism and a battle engine and things like that that are how you kind of play the game. And so mechanically, combat is much different, except that you do pull a modifier card, which is kind of like rolling your dice, and that affects how you attack. And I guess I say all that to say, are we just playing like uh, D&D light when we play Gloomhaven because the the narrative is kind of on rails, right? Like it's all pre-printed. It's already there. There's really no variation. Uh, there's a couple of decisions you can do here and there that will affect maybe that scenario that you're playing in. But I don't, I don't know. So that's kind of where I am on that. Again, I like the game. I want to play it more, but I also like role-playing games and I'd like to play more role-playing games too. So where do you come down on that? Let me know. Oh, I forgot to mention the hotline in the intro. <laughs> Don't forget you can call in and have your voice heard by calling 216-352-3864. That would be super awesome. Now, I have to tell you this story. Now, if you remember 
last week. I hope you remember last week. I hope you've been listening since last week. If not, welcome. It's a new show. So we always uh, like to do say that, but I'm all over the place today. Sorry, folks. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, all right. So last week I talked with Alan and I said, hey, remember when I said there was like a small emergency at the theater, but it was actually like the most catastrophic thing that could happen to a show that is currently running and being produced and, and happening. So here's what happened. I can tell you because the show is closed. It's over. It's done. I'm not casting aspersions on people that I'm currently working with or formerly currently working with. Uh, anyway, we were in the middle of the week. We started uh, finishing the last week of our run. So we had eight shows left, two a day from Tuesday to Friday. We were busing in school kids. We were doing school matinees, morning and early afternoon, two days, two shows, four days, eight shows. It was going to be just another week at work. We're just going to grind this one out. Here we go. Uh, this is happening. On Tuesday, in between those two shows, the lead actor who is playing the title role of Harriet Tubman comes to our director and says, well, it turns out I can't be here for the rest of the week. I can probably make it one day on Thursday, but I can't do Wednesday and Friday for sure. Now, logistically, this actor is totally at fault because there's a contract that says you're available for X amount of days because of the possibility of cancellation, because of snow days, etc., etc. But the reality is you're we're just screwed at this point. Like, yes, you're contractually obligated and you're breaching that contract. And you're getting fired and you're not coming back for the day that you are say you can make because we can't do that. We can't. No, no, we're, it's just not going to happen. So we found out for sure that later that evening, like, hey, yeah, this is happening. We need to find somebody. So it's all hands on deck. Everybody's, you know, texting and emailing and calling people. And we find someone wonderful actress who comes in. We had to lose. We lost our two Wednesday shows and she comes in. We have three hours to work with the new actor in place. And it's like a 20 page monologue with a little bit of scene work in between here and there essentially. And so we work for three hours. We come in an hour early the next day. We rehearse for another hour and the show goes up. She carries her script. We do her thing. And it's quite amazing. <laughs> she was wonderful. She was really, really good. She was super sound. And we finished the rest of the week. We've got four of the six shows that we're going to be lost in. And I can talk about it now as sort of this cool adventure that we went through in live theater. But, you know, at the time it was, it was a bit stressful for some folks, for sure, obviously for the new actress that came in and for the folks on stage. And I mean, everybody, it was, it was kind of stressful, but I, I, I don't know. I wasn't like super stressed. I was like excited for the challenge. Like it, it, I felt alive again in live theater. It was really, really cool to see 
the cast come together, the crew come together, the the creative, you know, design team come together. We all had to kind of be on high alert and get through this really very tough time. And I, I, I loved it. It was stressful, but once we got into it and we saw, okay, things are going to be okay. It's a little weird. She has to carry the script, but she's really killing it. Like she's knocking it out of the park, uh, way better than actually the person who was originally cast in the role. So it was, it was a wonderful time. It's, it's something that we will talk about for ages to come, just the craziness of that week and what it meant and the work we had to do to get there. But that is why I love live theater. It's why I I love working in live theater. You may not know this, but already in the show, I've put in half a dozen edit markers where I'm going to mark put things like, Oh, I got to cut that out. I got to trim that up. I got to get, you know, I go back and, and clean things up. I go back and edit things. It's a somewhat polished product that you're listening to live theater. It's live theater. It happens in front of you before your very eyes. And it is, it's a, a thing of teamwork and talent and pre- preparation it's great. I love it. You should go see live theater more. I say it a lot, but it's true. Check out <laughs> wherever you are. There are live theaters. There's community theaters. There's professional theaters all across the country. It, support it. Love it. Live in it. It's great. All right. So that's my word on the street. Let's uh, let's take a little trip down memory lane. What do you say? Okay, so for those of you who are new to the show, what I do every so often on the zero episodes, so episodes that end in a zero, uh, we take a little look back at the last, you know, 10 or so episodes, and we also do a, uh, a little history lesson on the show. So here goes with that. Way, 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 way back in 2016, February of 2016, I started this show called My Drive, and I recorded while I drove home from taking my children to school. Now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to My Drive. I am Jeremiah Isley of Theology of Games, and this is a pilot episode for a new podcast that I'm getting off the ground. Which was at the time like a 20-some minute drive, you know, anywhere between like 17 to 20 minutes or so. And it was fun. It was cool. I tried to do it every day, which didn't really work because I couldn't just not produce a show. Like I had to do it right. So editing and producing and stuff really kind of hampered being able to do it every day. But it was fun. It was cool. And it soon turned into That's How I Roll because I thought, that's a way better name. It's just more fun than my drive. So I changed the name. And then eventually we moved out of the town that we lived in. And from there, we moved uh, like three minutes away from where my kids go to school. So it turns out that I couldn't really do it. I didn't have an opportunity to record in my car. And I said, you know what? I've got this great place to record in my house. So why don't I just keep doing the show from there? 
So that is a little bit of how the show got to from where it started to where it is now. We're 110 episodes in. The last 10 episodes have been pretty epic, including our 100th episode. So you can go back and check that out. It was a lot of fun. We kind of revisited a lot of things that went on. So the next episode, 101, was a fun episode in which I had people call in to enter for our contest. They talked about uh, things that they were thankful for. We took a look at, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, dang it. We had people call in and give us a list of their most desired games from the board games or a board game geek top 100. And we, we, that was Thanksgiving time. So we gave thanks uh, as we were preparing for Thanksgiving time. 102 was happy Thanksgiving. We get, uh, we also gave winners, uh, announced winners for that show. Uh, I'm really doing a bad job of reading these summaries. So sorry about that. So that was that show. And then missed a week or two there because it was a crazy time uh, with my dad in the hospital and with cancer things happening, which super not cool. But I do a review of Black Orchestra from Starling Games in that episode in 103. Uh, Episode 104 was my top 10 plus one list of games of 2018. So you can listen to that to hear my top 10 list. Or you can go and uh, check out the last episode of the Theology of Games podcast in which I give my top 10 list as well as uh, my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone. They give their top 10s. It's a fun little episode. If you so feel so inclined to check that out, go for it. Episode 105 was shortly after my sister getting married. And I reviewed Archmage, another Starling Games. I'm kind of on a Starling Games kick here, uh, which was great. Really fun game. Really like that. <laughs> Episode 106, another twist and turn in the life of Jeremiah Isley. I crashed my car and ended up getting a new vehicle. So that is chronicled in the episode 106. And I talk uh, Koi. I do a review of Koi from Smirk and Laughter Games. Now, 107 is when things get interesting because it's when I switched over to Anchor. I also, I changed my review format. So if you listen right around the beginning of the year, which would have been, uh, what, episode 104, 105, somewhere in there, I said, my New Year's resolution is, uh, my goal for this year for this show is to produce 50 episodes. So I'm giving myself two weeks off you'll survive. But I also said, I want to be more entertaining. I want the show to be even more entertaining and more interesting and more fun. As a part of that, I decided to revamp how I do reviews. You can find those starting with episode 107. And uh, I do what show? Oh, I did end of the trail with Elf Creek Games. And I started doing sort of like a sketch about the game. So it's like a little radio drama commercial about the game. And then I give you my thoughts. So you really kind of get a feel for how the game plays and how it feels. Maybe not necessarily a long, drawn out, boring game description because nobody wants to hear that. Okay, so 108, we talked Freedom, the Underground Railroad, which again, I did another sketch for that 
release for that review. Uh, we also gave away some games to Alden Schoenberg, who won the contest that I was holding over the new year. And last week, bringing us up to last week, I had my good friend Alan Gerding of Tuesday Night Games on the show. We talked Mothership, which is their RPG system that they've produced, the Kickstarter that they're running. And uh, yeah, so there's that. That brings us up to today. And we're going to do a little drive-by review of a game called Master of Wills. Stand by for a communique from the rightful ruler of all things civilized. Ugh, this guy again. Do not listen to the rhetoric of the Alpha Guard. The only way to true enlightenment with your brothers at Razor Corps. No longer must we wear the shackles of tradition. Now is the time to move at the way of the enlightened man to step up it's time to fight. It's time to take back this city. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll come wherever. Is there free food there? If he's in, I'm out. Do you hear what I'm saying? I know people, I've got connections, but he has to go. Stand by, make ready. Here they come. Steady now. This town has many secrets. I've seen them all. They keep them safe. Listen, I've got skills. You know, I can fix things around here, but I, I'm gonna need some protection. They'll never see it coming. Many lives are at stake, but this runs deeper than you think. So the cool thing about this game is there's this really cool kind of push and pull. You're you're trying to influence the citizens, the community of this fictional cyberpunk world, and the board lays out, you've got these cards that come out in the middle, that's kind of neutral ground, and as you bring people into your side of the board, it either influences people to leave and go the other way, or it pulls more people from the other side to your side, and that's how you win the game. You you gain influence, you gain control over the community. And after the end of eight rounds of this push and pull, whoever has the most points, all of these cards, these community cards have value. Whoever has the most points wins the game. That's really how the game works. So here's what I think about this game. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Um, again, it's, it's a deck builder by, I guess, marketing labels. 
I didn't know, I don't know that I necessarily felt like I was building a deck. I felt like it was a little bit more area and influence control as you're playing, you know, you're selecting cards and playing them so that they move across the city board and into your side of the city. I will say this, if there's a strategy tip that I would give, it would be to not necessarily worry so much about getting them all the way to your side to the farthest side that they can so they're locked in they're, they can never be left because I think I focused so much on that that I stopped bringing more and more cards over and I got annihilated one game it was just it was really bad because I had a bunch you know a good amount of cards in in the spot where they couldn't be taken in that ally spot but uh, I just didn't have enough in the uh, in the recruits and the um the loyalists and so it was kind of like all right well these guys will never leave me but i don't have enough just bulk of of people of citizens in my side of the the city so i would say that is probably something you really want to kind of balance yeah you want to lock in maybe some of those higher point ones so that they don't swing back over Uh, but i really i think I, i what i liked about the game is it was really clever like there were a lot of decisions of well, I can gain a few here, uh, you know, get some people on my side, but I'm also going to lose one to the neutral side or all the way across. So uh, there's a lot of like kind of balance of that, a lot of delicate balance of back and forth. So one thing you got to know is I I feel I should point this out. Some of the artwork, a touch racy, okay? Like it's very futuristic kind of cyberpunk setting. But all of these community cards, they all have names. They're all like people. Like there's a homeless guy and there's a tactical commando and a, a keeper of the records and things like that. But there's there's also a raver. So, okay, it's party. I, I get it. It makes sense in the setting. And there's also a, a dominatrix. So, um maybe not totally kid friendly because of some of these uh, little things in there. Just keep that in mind. I I don't know. There's, there's sort of multiples of these cards. So I don't know that pulling them out would be great. Although there's a ton of cards, so you don't always get through all of them in a game. Um, So I guess take that or leave it. Uh, I haven't tried playing it without pulling out all those cards. You know, if that's something that you would consider doing, I don't know that I can recommend one way or the other how that would work. But I thought that's important for you to know, like, hey, might not be a a game to play with your family, with your younger kids uh, because of some of those elements in it. But I do like the artwork. Aside from those few small issues, I think the artwork is great. I think the graphic design it really places you in this futuristic cyberpunk kind of setting. It, it's done really well. I, I don't know. I like this game. I, I want to play it a few more times with that four player setup. I've only played the two player system where it's just you. It's like head head on against another player, but it does say that you can play like teams of two against each other as well, which seems interesting to me. Uh, but that's, that's master of wills. It's, it kind of just kind of crept up. I, I didn't hear a lot of buzz around this game and uh, Starling games was for, uh, very nice to send me a copy. So I said, cool. It was an easy game to learn. I will say that the, the learning curve is really, really simple. Uh, well, I wouldn't say simple, but it's just really quick. The rule book is like a, 
page folded in half. So all of the rules, very easy to digest and ingest. Uh, so that is a very big plus on this game. And like I said, I think the, I, I like the gameplay because it's clever. Uh, it's this clever, like push pull kind of tug of war kind of thing going on with influence and uh, trying to control uh, public opinion. So there it is. That's my opinion of Master of Wills. Check it out if you so feel inclined. All right, that's going to do it for another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Here's the deal. Uh, Get in on that contest. You want to do that before time runs out. Thanks so much for tuning in. Get on the hotline. Let me know what you think of my thoughts on Gloomhaven versus RPGs. Or if you have a funny question or a funny joke you want to share that you just got to tell the world, call me on the hotline, 216-352-3864. Don't forget all the social pages. You can find us there. You can follow all along with the games we play, the lives we live, (laughs) everything that that entails. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. So that's it for now. Really Really appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I'll be the master of my own will. Thank you very much because I'm Jeremiah Isley and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's how I roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.